Before we get into today's show, I'm excited to announce that Sidetrack is now available on all major podcasting platforms. So feel free to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, and of course, as usual, you can find us on YouTube. As great as it is being on YouTube, it's nice to be able to listen to the show when you close the screen. So check us out on all those other platforms and enjoy today's show. Hi, welcome to Sidetracked. I'm your host, Dennis Kaminsky. Thank you for joining me today on our Wednesday, January 20th, 2021 edition of Sidetrack. Today is a palindrome. It's 1-2021, which backwards is 1-2021. So the more you know, you know. Got a very exciting show ahead of us today. Guest Joshua Jonai, who is a play-by-play announcer for XICW Pro Wrestling. We're going to play a little bit of trivia with him as well as have a conversation about uh, some of the trials and tribulations of this gentleman's career. we got a fun story ahead of us a little bit later. I'm excited to talk about pro wrestling today. I know it's not a super popular subject. It's a little bit of a niche category of entertainment, but it's a category of entertainment that I've always enjoyed very much nonetheless. I've been a huge professional wrestling fan my entire life. I honestly couldn't even tell you what it was about pro wrestling that got me into it. I kind of don't remember uh, not watching it or however I would say that. I don't remember a time where I wasn't watching pro wrestling. I guess that's probably the best way to word that. But uh, yeah, I, I remember distinctively the feeling that I had when I was a kid and how invested I was into a lot of these characters and a lot of these stories. And uh, even when I found out that the, the product wasn't authentic, it still resonated with me because I remembered specifically how I felt in the moments where I felt hope in these characters. Um, I guess a notable situation would be When I was a kid, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the co-general manager of Monday Night Raw. And Eric Bischoff was like this asshole who was in charge, and he was the main general manager. So Steve Austin gets signed on to kind of help him balance out and run the show. And those guys are going back and forth with each other for a long time. And eventually they come down to this match where uh, Eric Bischoff's going to get a team of wrestlers together, and Steve Austin's going to get a team of wrestlers together. And if Eric Bischoff's team wins then Steve Austin is going to get fired from the company. So Austin's desperate, and you know he's looking for all the guys in the locker room who he trusts to represent him in his job, and he comes down to his last person that he has to choose, and it's Shawn Michaels, which those two characters have history with one another and had a little bit of a rivalry at one point, so it was kind of a cool moment that he decided to choose him. And I remember specifically in the match when at the end it was Shawn Michaels versus like two other guys because everybody in the team had already been eliminated, and it was just down to Michaels, and he was bloody and he's getting thrown around like a rag doll, and I'm on the edge of my seat, and you know, I feel like I'm on pins and needles, and I'm freaking out because I feel like Austin's about to get fired, and then Shawn Michaels starts firing back up a comeback and knocking out the bad guys, and suddenly it's down to him and just one other guy, I believe, and I was 100% convinced that Michaels was going to get it done, man. I had so much hope in the guy. And Stone Cold was my all-time favorite wrestler, so the idea of him getting fired broke my heart. That's exactly what ended up happening, actually. My heart was broken. Shawn Michaels ended up getting defeated, and Steve Austin ended the night getting fired. And uh, I weeped like a bitch, like, authentically. I was crying really hard the next day when I was watching it. And uh, my stepdad had to tell me wrestling wasn't real, actually, to console me in that situation, because I was, I was completely bent out of shape, like, what's Steve Austin going to do? He got fired. This isn't fair. I'm never going to see him again, and all that other kind of crazy shit. But I specifically do remember that moment. Like, I, I felt real hope 
And yes, I was a child, but there's a part of me that's always going to have a soft spot for the product. And while I don't quite watch like I used to, it's always a blast to go back and talk about the days where it was still real to me, damn it. Because it was very much real to me, damn it. Because of that, I know way too much about wrestling. I have like a surplus of irrelevant information about the subject. I lied. It's not irrelevant. It's very relevant. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy a little bit of trivia between myself and Joshua Joni. All right, Josh, you're a big pro wrestling fan, so we're going to shoot you some pro wrestling trivia here. The game is called Three Stages to Tell. I'm going to give you three hints about a superstar. Each hint's going to get a little bit easier. The earlier you get it, the more points you get. Three points for the first guess, two points for the second guess, one point for the third guess. A perfect score is nine points. You ready? Yes. All right. The first superstar's first hint is, before receiving his more famous billing, this superstar performed under names such as Gian Ferre, Monster Rusimov, and the Polish Giant. All right. We're going to go five, four, three, two, one. We're going to be moving on to our second hint. So now you can only receive two points. Second clue. He famously played Bigfoot in an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man. Is that Andre? Andre the Giant. You got two points starting it off. Performed as the Polish Giant in the Detroit region because of the Detroit population having so many Polacks. <laughs> Shout out to all my Polacks. Hell yeah, that's me. Yeah, so is my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Whatever Polish people say to each other. Vlachopluknis. <laughs> All right, second superstars, first hint. He won the WWWF tag team titles with his longtime partner, Tony Altamore, in a tag team dubbed the Sicilians. I want to say Rocky Johnson, but it's not. Oh, it's incorrect. We're going to move on to the second guess. You can only get two points now. Famously managed the Russian bear Ivan Koloff when he defeated Bruno Sammartino, ending a seven-year championship streak. So he was the manager of Ivan Koloff when he defeated Bruno Sammartino to end his seven-year title reign. I'm going to give you five, four, three, two, one. All right, now you can only get one point on the second superstar. He famously appeared in the Sidney Lauper Girls Just Want to Have Fun music video. Captain Lou Albano. There you go. You got one point. Total score, three points through two questions so far. All right, here's your last superstar. First guess. He's a former two-time All-American at Florida State University. We're going to go five, four, three, two, one. I think you're going to get it here in the second guess for two points. He was the first African-American heavyweight champion in WCW when he defeated Big Van Vader. Franz Simmons. And then in case you didn't get it on that one, the third hint was, Damn! So you finished there with five out of nine possible points. I'll take them. That wasn't bad at all. I probably wouldn't have gotten the first Captain Lou, but I might have gotten the first Andre the Giant. Before we get into today's interview, I would just like to preface it a little bit. I met Josh when I was a manager at a movie theater, and he got hired in to work in our concession department, and that means you got to interact with people on a regular basis, and he had, a, he had a really good personality with it. You could see that he was pretty outgoing, and he enjoyed talking with people. And when I met him and I found out he was a professional wrestling fan, that was really exciting for me because I don't meet a lot of people who are still really interested in it. And right off the bat, he, he poured it out, man. He's a huge pro wrestling fan. 
Like he is very passionate about the subject. And he told me from the very beginning when I met him that his goal in life was to be a pro wrestling commentator. Josh was 16 years old when he told me that. And in the years since, I have been consistently surprised by videos of Josh doing exactly what he told me it was his goal to set out and do. Wrestling was built on good guys overcoming the obstacles put in front of them by the bad guys to accomplish their goal. Josh is very much one of those good guys, and he was kind enough to come on here and very honestly and in detail express to me the obstacles that he had to overcome to get to where he is. So you guys enjoy my one-on-one with Joshua Joni. All right, thank you for being here, Mr. Joshua Joni. Thank you for having me. XICW play-by-play announcer. Yes, sir. I mean, we're doing this again. Let's keep, keep the record here. We're doing this again. Yes, this is our second shoot. We tried shooting an interview uh, late last year. It ran a little bit long, and when I was editing it together, I was having trouble putting it together cohesively. You know what I mean? I'm Italian, Albanian. That's what we do. We talk a lot. This is the spot for something like that. Thank you for being here, Josh. I love talking about wrestling, and you're one of the biggest wrestling fans that I know, so it's always a blast to get a chance to bullshit about the subject with you. It's, it's the best thing. It's the key of art, wrestling. It's the best thing ever. Some people don't like it. Some people love it. I love it no matter what. Which, uh, to that point, I was actually going to ask you, what was it specifically about wrestling that not just got you into it, but that kept you? Because I think that that's an interesting thing with that subject specifically. A lot of people have a period in their life where they fall in love with it, and it's usually a little bit younger, but for certain people, it never goes away. And I was curious for you as to why this is something that you've never completely fallen out of love with yet. So I got in wrestling back in 2002, and Triple H was returning from his quad injury. And so when I heard that, I wasn't a wrestling fan, but my brothers collected the fake ears. I used to use them as like superhero villains yeah. and stuff like that because I didn't know who these shirtless people are. So um, back in 2002, when Triple H returned from his quad injury, I heard Jim Ross commentating. And so Jim Ross, who's a big inspiration for me, got me more hooked into wrestling throughout the years so it was the audio was a big part of the show that got you that's the best part about wrestling to me is that pop yeah no. the crowd excitement i mean i love the storytelling in there as well but like that's that's always the moment you know what i mean nothing's more exciting than those 30 seconds before the match starts and the place is going ape shit and yeah hogan and andre are staring each right. other down and, and and that's the thing is like because it was a madison square garden and of course as a wrestling fan I'm like, I want to be in Madison Square Garden. That's the Mecca. And, and now as a commentator, I'm like, I need to commentate at the Madison Square Garden. And yes, we're at the times of 2021. We're in a COVID era of wrestling. But yeah, no arenas right now. No Madison Square Garden shows happening right this second. No. But. And that's the thing is, and like when it came to meeting Jim Ross, I believe it was three years ago. Okay, so you actually got a chance to meet Jim Ross. Yes. Okay, so that probably helped propel you to yeah. pursue wrestling even more then. And, like, of course, I was told, like, hey, like, because my brother was with me, and he was like, hey, why don't you just ask him how to get in the business? And I was like, I don't know, because I'm like, what if a lot of people ask him that? But, of course, like, a lot of people is, like, doing his oppression. Like, oh, man. The Mankind versus Taker match from King of the Ring 98. I wasn't around that time, but I did watch it back. But still, I'm not going to dwell on that. And so I told Jim Ross. It's a great call, by the way. Yeah, great call. By God, he <laughs> killed him. And, and I told him, I'm like, uh, Mr. Ross, I'm a big fan of you. And then, like, of course, he didn't look like he cared. Like, 
Of course, he's like, I hear it every single time. Yeah. And so I said, but I didn't get into wrestling till 2002. I was not a. I was born in '98, so I didn't. I missed your peak moments yeah. in the Attitude Era. But I got hooked because you were calling with the King that Triple H returned from Madison Square Garden, and he looked at me, and I was like, "I want to be in this business because of you. I want to be a commentator because of you." And he was surprised to hear that. So then he was like, "Well, what do you want me to sign?" So I had a Jim Ross action figure. I'm like, "Could you please sign this?" He signed it. And then he was like, well, that didn't look good. How about I give you a free 8x10? I was going to ask, how did the autographs stick on an action figure? It seems like they'd be pretty smudgy. It, pretty it was easily. a little smudgy because it was, it was old. Yeah. And it looked not bad. Like, you could tell that was Jim Ross. It's autograph. So then he's like, here's a free 8x10. And he's like, from your friend, Jim Ross. And I'm like, holy shit. Excuse my language. If it, like, oh, you're good. We say fucking okay, cool. shit and cunt and all those other bad words. So... And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, JR, before before I go, how do I get in this business? And he looks at me. He's like, you want to be in this business? I'm like, yes, sir. Because usually, because of what I heard back then, Jim Ross says go to college for like broadcasting, co- broadcasting yeah. and stuff like that. And so he was like, well, go to the shows. Talk to the promoter. See if you can help out. And I'm like, I'm going to run with this. So eventually, when it came to my first independent show for a while, it was Horror Slam. Okay, had, was that through XICW? No, so okay, it's a different company. A different company called okay. Horror Slam. So he's, he's tenured here. Yeah, and so I having like I used to go to XICW shows. I didn't know there was any other wrestling companies. I used to go to BCWA, but there was Horror Slam. So all uh, Detroit promotions, yeah. Michigan promotions, and so Horror Slam was having a show. I forgot the bar's name, but I was the only one there. So my mom's like, I don't think this is a good idea. You should wait till your brother gets off work. How old were you going to the show? I was 18. 18? Okay. I think 18 or 20. A little sketched out letting you go to the bar by yourself yeah. at night. So I think I was 20. My bad. Yes, 20. So, of course, when it came to doing that, like my mom was just texting me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Let me, as the other guys say in the movie... Let me be a peacock so I could fly. Spread them wings. Yeah. So, of course, I saw a wrestler who I used to see at XICW, who I saw him training was Malcolm Moreau Third. He goes by MM3, who's the current Midwest heavyweight champion for XICW. So me and three, we known each other for a while. And he's like, holy shit, I did not expect you to be here. And I was like, well, great to see you too. And he was like, was this your first show here in Horse Lamp? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, welcome. Enjoy. And, of course, I'm the only one there. Everyone, like, is drinking and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. But I could do this. And Ricky Morton was wrestling. Oh, nice. Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Right there. And I got to meet him, which is awesome. But then, like, I met this person in the crowd. And he goes by Christopher Angelos. Okay. And I'm him and I, he's another wrestler. No, he okay. uh, he does camera crew. Okay, gotcha. But, but he was in the thing called Heel Fan News, where that's where I started. Well, let me get to that story just yet. But then I met his fiance, who is his, his wife now, and they were like, "Hey, could you like, do you want to sit with us?" And I'm like, "I don't know if this is weird." 
Yes. And I'm so like, you're still at the bar for this show and you're yeah. mingling around with people. Cause yeah. You said you were the only fan there that time. No, I was the, not the only fan, but okay. uh, like I was the, like that. I felt like a lone wolf. Okay. Gotcha. Cause there was nobody I knew. And so of course they were like, yeah, sit with us. And then I met a couple people from heel fan news, but uh, Chris, I, I still keep in touch with him cause he's my wrestling dad and his wife is my wrestling mom. So whenever I see them, I say mom and dad, okay. no matter what. So Chris told me he was a camera guy for Heel Fan News. The yeah. YouTube channel, correct? Yeah. Covering wrestling news yeah. locally. They have a studio in Wyandotte. So he was like, come out to the show, you know, see what we do. I'm like, okay, cool. Didn't expect anything. That day was my first day, and I didn't even know. Okay, so you just thought you were going to like kind of audition for something, and then you showed up and not audition, out. just to watch. Oh, you just thought you were going to watch. You yeah. were just getting a friendly invite. Yeah. Okay. And so I, they're like, "Hey, uh, put the headphones in, like you know, for the camera." I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "I want to hear how they they do this." The tech person was like, "Go to camera one. Go to camera two. Make sure camera three is all good." And of course, they were having a couple of people there. And I remember this person named Jonathan Presley because he used to be a manager for XICW. Okay. And so him and I, we never talk because I used to do a podcast. Don't want to dwell on that. That podcast was <laughs> fair the, enough. Understood. Podcast was not the fun of times for me, but I wanted him to be a part of it. And he was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do it. And like, of course, I canceled it. But then he remembered me, and he's like, I remember you. You were going to put me on your lame podcast. And I'm like, yeah, it's dead. But, And then, like, of course, when it came to having a big family and stuff like that, I started doing Heel Fan News. I was a camera operator for the studio. Then we started making Josh's Corner. And okay. there was a person named Harper. He had a vision, and he wanted me to go with it. So he was in charge of. So heel you started working with Heel Fan News after you went to the show where you accidentally got tricked into commentating for the first time. You met the people there. Yeah. So I met the that, people, okay. and they invite me to the studio, gotcha. and so they do like commentary matches, like old school matches. I call I commentate a Bobo Brazil match. Oh, that's fucking awesome! And they're like, "You're gonna be in the." the what year was that from? I can't remember. It's been say, so that's long. Bobo Brazil. That's yeah. a while back, right there. And it was Sweet Daddy Moreau versus Bobo Brazil. And that's Malcolm Moreau II, the, the DBA's father. Okay, so he had some old footage yeah. of some family wrestling. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So this is before I joined the XICW. And then, of course, um, it was going, everything was lighting up and stuff like that. I got to comment, like, not commentate. I got to, yeah, I did actually commentate because Jonathan Presley messaged me and he was like, hey, you wanted to come with me to MPWA? Sure. You're going to be... You're a... just taking the work right now. Yeah. You're excited, yeah. So I'm like, I've never done this. I'm so nervous. And of course, I'm a fan still, but I just didn't know what to say because I'm like, oh, how do I do this? But then like, I got to the groove during the second half. What was that experience like? The first time that you were actually having to uh, commentate live matches, was it intimidating at the moment? Because so, you said that you got kind of, like, you didn't realize that you were going to commentate. Yeah. So it was starstruck moment for me. Because okay. when you're sitting in the commentary booth, like, yeah, you're supposed to say something. But you're like, 
Uh, you're used to watching the show. You're yeah, not really used to commenting. Yeah, or like because sometimes when I was a fan, uh, still am, but still when I was in attendance, I would commentate in my head. Okay. But not like say it out loud. Of course, yeah, and you got to get your verbiage down. Yeah, and yeah. And so then, like, it came to like realization because then I'm like, okay, I could do this. And of course, the next show was MPWA, and they're like, I was a baby face at the first show. Second show, I was a heel. Okay, so they're throwing you all over right now. Yeah. Which, by the way, for the people listening right now who don't follow professional wrestling, a uh, baby face is generally the good guy in the story, and the heel is generally the bad guy. So yeah. it's a protagonist antagonist type situation. Yeah. So your first show, they had you working as a good guy. Yeah. And then they got to have you flip it around by your second show, and now you got to start being a dick. So it was in Sterling Heights. And I'm like, oh, I grew up here. So I'm like, hey, everyone paid to see me. Everyone heard it was my homecoming. So they're like, hey, we're going to come because Josh is here. And I was like, you should have seen the Warren Mayor. He gave me cake. A couple of wrestlers who like I had a bash on. I was like, I don't like him because he ate my cake. But it was just one thing. And like one thing led to another. Then to like Josh's, Josh's corner, excuse me, can't speak English. It was just hard because, like, of course, you met somebody at the time, and you think the person's the right one, but what happened was, like, I'm like, hey, I got to go to show. Do you have to go to the show, or are you just going to watch? Speaking on uh, what exactly, I'm a bit confused on this story right here. You said somebody... So this somebody is somebody working with Josh's corner. No, so this is a ex girlfriend. Okay, so this is a relation. Ah, yeah, I got you. Okay, yes. so when you said you thought they were the one, you didn't mean the opportunity. Yeah, no. You. Okay, my bad. No, you're good. Um, no, of course. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I could skip. And of course, I skip shows. Josh's corner was up here, pointing to the top like it never never stops everybody. Then it slowly declined down. And then, like, of course, I had to go to work for Heel Fan News at the studio. I lost so much sleep. Working at Heel Fan News? No, because of this relationship. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because this relationship was taking a toll on me. Mm. And everybody from Heel Fan News was like, hey, you look tired. You okay? I just couldn't sleep. I'm just, I'm just tired. You're going to be okay, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be fine. And it just... It got to, like, it just was draining me. Yeah, it's it's tough being in a relationship that's not healthy. Yeah. And it's... so when January was coming to be, I'm like... January 2020? 2020. Okay. It was New Year's Eve because here's the thing. Not to sound like a hypocrite or anything. I was dramatized for New Year's Eve because the person I was with, we were at a club. She was drinking. I was not. I... <laughs> I got, um, sorry, <laughs> I got physically abused a lot mm. during that day. I never really told anyone this, but it was really stressful because, like, I just kept getting hit for no reason. Was this at a, a party you said on New Year's Eve? This was at a club. At a club? And, like... Of course, I just didn't want to be around. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. To be. Were you being like intentionally physically targeted, or was it just a, a club, like compact sardine type? Well, the thing is, like when I went outside because 
that's like the safest place I could think of because the club, it gets really hot. Yeah. And of course the person like got mad at me because I was outside a lot. And I'm like, you're having fun. I don't want to be a part of it. Understandably so. That's a very uncomfortable situation to be in. And like, I don't mind, but I just didn't. I was not expecting to be the designated driver. Mm-hmm. Like, I was hoping to get loose, but it just kept getting worse and worse for me. And um, so, of course, she came out and she was just like, hit me, like, like, like slapped me in the face for no mm-hmm. reason. And like, my glasses kept falling out, falling out, and I had to put them back in. And, like, of course, she had a couple friends there, and she was starting smoking cigarettes. Fun fact about me, I don't like cigarette smoke because mm. it hurts my stomach, and it, I'm allergic to it. Yeah, and it'll give you cancer. Yeah. That's the thing I have issue with cigarette smoke. So, of course, it just I every time when someone smokes a cigarette, I just go away. Or if you smoke in the car, I'm going to roll down that window and just stick my nose out. So she started smoking cigarettes. And she just wanted to try to uh, like kiss me and stuff like that. And I'm mm. like, I, I, as much as I would love to right now, I can't. You got the cigarette on your breath. Yeah. yeah. And then like, of course, she thought I didn't love her and stuff like that. And it just kept getting worse because people were like, oh, why don't you just kiss her? She's your girlfriend. And I'm like, it's not that. But then I'm like, of course, when it came to leaving. She had a friend with us, and I'm like, is she spending the night? Because, like, she came over to her house. Mm. Oh, yeah, she's spending the night. So I got two drunk people to worry about. And so, of course, I'm walking her friend because she can't keep her balance. And, of course, she got jealous because I was with her friend and holding on to her. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no reason to be jealous. And so, of course, I get slapped one more time, and it shattered my glasses. And it sucks because I have the drive. Yeah, that's. And so I'm like, well, this sucks. And you're polite not hitting them back. Yeah. And so, of course, I missed so many shows because there was arguments and stuff like that. Or just like, if I gone, then it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. So that's why I didn't go to mm-hmm. shows because yeah. I didn't want to have an argument. Uh, it's about to be one year since I got into a car accident. Okay. So we... So this is all happening at... Uh, you said you were doing Josh's Corner. Yep. You're doing commentary with uh, NWPA, if I yep. heard the company correctly. Yep. So you're starting to get your career taken off a little bit. and then Somewhat. But while then... this is happening, you're in an abusive relationship, and you get into a car accident just yep. to kind of catch people up yeah. a little bit. And while... like, and I just never gone to shows because I didn't want to have that argument, like yeah. I said. And so when it came to before the car accident... I went to a XICW show. Uh, I was just talking to a performer called Johnny Delicious. And he was asking me, hey, do you, are you busy at the next show? I'm like, not really. What's going on? We may need a ring announcer. And whatever you're in the wrestling business, never say no. Because that opportunity is wide open. Yeah, there aren't a lot of jobs in wrestling. You're not going to be able to just walk in and, and get yourself a spot on the right. show. So if you get offered something, that's... And so he was like, we may need a ring announcer. And I'm like, okay, we may need a uh, commentator. Whatever comes to which, you will have that position at the next show. Eventually, I get into a car accident, and it just scared the shit out of me. I almost lost my life. 
thank mm. God I'm here. Absolutely. And um, of course, my good friend DeAnthony uh, was there for me. And he told me, he's like, by the way, you are welcome because I got you that position. I pitched the idea to bring you in. I told them, if you need someone who's passionate with wrestling, please give him a chance. I didn't find out to this. So, D, if you listen to this, I love you like a brother. And so when he gave me that opportunity, like I was dramatized because of that car accident. I had suicide thoughts. I had everything. Yeah. But then, like, I was like, all right, opportunities are coming. There's a light coming on. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you end up at the bottom of a hole like that. It's good for somebody to offer you a hand. Yeah. And so 2020, uh, February 15th, was my first XICW show. I woke up really early because I went to bed at 2 a.m. Not because of my ex, but because I was focused on doing this. Yeah, you got your show going the next day. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like nervous, butterflies in your stomach. And I'm like, this is the second time I'm doing play-by-play. Because that the first time I did it for the Dread King Logan's wife, okay, Holly, and we were doing a fundraiser for her. Okay, so it was like a charity show? Yeah. Okay. And so I pitched the idea, could I do play-by-play? And it was awesome. And so when I did XICW, I get there. And as I'm waiting... Because I asked my ex, are you going to come? Because I, I love the support. I try to yeah, have absolutely. as much support as I can. Well, it's a scary position to be in. Performing is intimidating. I mean, it's a little weird being in a room with a few people right now and recording the podcast. So you right. start adding fans that you don't know and right. all this other stuff. It's nice to have some comfortable faces in the crowd. Yeah. And so she's like, I actually don't feel good. So I get an Uber driver. The best Uber driver ever, because I, I, the what happened was because I was thinking about my cousin who overdosed back in 2012. Okay. And he always said, "Go for your dreams. Don't ever fall out with the dream." And he's like, "You want to do wrestling commentary? Do it." And like when it came to relationships, he always gave me advice when I need it. So I just thought about him and I started crying. Eventually, I got an Uber who was in a Mustang, and the guy pulls up and he's like, "You Josh?" And I'm like. Huh? Yeah. What's it? Hey. Wiping the tears away from you. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Then he's like, I'm your Uber driver. I'm like, oh, no, because it's a Mustang and you don't want to show up like you're a big shot. I'm in my suit and everything. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is not going to be good. And so, of course, uh, DeAnthony's wife saw me Afton and she's like, is that Josh? Josh! And I'm like, um, that's not me. Hi. And she's like, I need a nice car ride. And I'm like, shh, don't tell anyone. And stand up any of the wrestlers showing yeah. up in a nicer car than they got. Well, I wouldn't go down. I don't want to get heat. <laughs> but like, she like just told people and everyone's just busting my balls for fun. But it was just so much fun. And my brother, Antonio, came to the show. And he was the only face I knew. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank God someone I know is here. Like, I have Heel Fan News family. Yeah. But I need my somebody who I actually talk to, like, on a weekly basis. Hey, man, that's a, what I really like about that story right there is when you needed it, you did have the support. You know what I mean? Like, it, it got bad, and you didn't have the right people surrounding you. And 
then you got an opportunity. And I mean, that moment's fucking terrifying right there. You know what I mean? Especially for somebody like you. I've known you for a few years now and you've been a very passionate wrestling fan since I've met you. So I know you don't want to mess up an opportunity like that. You know what right. I mean? So the weight of just that situation on its own, that's a lot to carry. Then you start adding in the fact that you've been through all of this shit and I'm fucking ecstatic to hear that the first show that you went to, you were welcomed and they were giving you some light ribbon and making you feel included. You got yeah. your brother showing up. like. And that's the thing is, like when it came to, uh, what was it? Just a couple weeks later, was no longer in a relationship. Well, good. And because the person was on the dating site talking to other people we don't need to get into all that no yeah worries. no yeah, I'm not but gonna, like yeah. it just kept getting worse for me and so it just kept getting like dwelled down on me covid became a yeah, thing i was gonna say you february 15th that's a one month before lockdown started which yes it'll cripple a wrestling company right there yeah and like our last show was at the hot rocks that's our home in xicw and it just here like this is our last show we don't know when we're gonna be back just heart- heartbroken me and so I didn't have, I was comfortable where I was, but like, of course, like I had big plans for 2020. I was like, I wanted to go to Canada. I want to go to Ohio, Indiana, Chicago, just to get myself out there. And of course, lockdown happened. Wrestling's cancel. Yeah. Lost my job. My other job. I don't have a girlfriend. What do you do? And so I'm just sitting there. I was just more depressed. Almost became homeless because I didn't like where I was. And I know there's going to be people who's going to listen to this and not like what I'm going to say. But I'm just going to shoot the shit for for real series because I was not happy. In your situation. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wrestling's gone more toxic things was happening to me. Then, like, of course, every uh, dark tunnel comes a light, like what we just talked about, and I met the person I'm with currently. Yes, like, I tell this person every single day, don't leave me because what I've been through. But I told them, like, hey, I'm in the wrestling business, and not just because I don't watch wrestling, cool, that's cool and stuff, but I actually am in this. I'm studying commentary every single day because I want to get better. Wrestling was helping me here and there. COVID wrestling, as much as people hate it, but you got to appreciate that they're... They're putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling, wrestlers were one of the few entertainers who didn't just completely stop when everything started. They went out there and they kept trying. And it wasn't perfect. The presentation was odd. It's very weird with an empty arena, but they... They've made it work since. They've done a lot of little things to help add a little bit of atmosphere to it. And you got to at least appreciate the effort. No weeks off. No. And that's the thing is, and like, that's what it became like more comfortable with me. And like, I was happy to show this person what I do. I was happy that she witnessed because XICW said like, hey, we're doing house parties. And I'm like, the hell is a house party? What are we fighting in the living room? Like, yeah, not to sound mean, but I'm like, if we fight in the living room, sign me up because I would commentate living room brawls. Commentate from the kitchen table, right? And so it was outside, but I'm like, this is my first outdoor venue, and it was awesome because I got to see my wrestling XICW family who yeah. I adore, 
and that like it made me so happy just to see them and like my friend d'anthony he was like hey um to close doors you're not gonna be working and i'm like ah i just want to get back in the booth and just commentate and then like uh johnny delicious messaged me and he's like hey you're still you're coming to the show right i'm like yeah you're working and i'm like yes commentating still going hell yeah we did five house parties and they were all awesome just to see fans and stuff like that and that's the thing is like i love commentating and that's always been the one thing i wanted to do that dark tunnel turned to a light no matter what absolutely Josh, I appreciate the hell out of you showing up and doing an interview with me here today. Thank you for having me. To anyone who listens to it, follow me on social media, Joshua Jonai. That is uh, Jonai, G-J-O-N-A-J. Yes, it's not Gonads. It's not Gonadja. It's Jonai. Yeah. Same thing for Instagram, Twitter. Same thing. XICW. Follow us on Facebook, XICW. Real XICW Detroit on Instagram, and I believe it's XICW Detroit on Twitter. Okay. And then if you want to check out some XICW Pro Wrestling, look them up on YouTube. I just typed in XICW, and the first video that popped up was one of their events. We're going to link all that stuff in the description here on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Ciao. Thank you guys for listening. If you're listening on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. And if you're listening on any other platform, give us a follow so you can check us out as soon as a new episode drops. And remember, next week I need a closing line. Thank you. Bye. Bye.